God, am I, what am I even doing? What am I doing here? I'm so I'm exhausted is not the word. Beat down. But not in a bad way. Just a lot of things going on. And more than anything, I, Ken Napsock, am trying to complete the video game Star Wars Jedi colon Survivor. And I don't like the game. If you've seen me stream it, which I don't do anymore, do not like the game. Um, characters are fine. It's a gorgeous game. Stories are all right. I can deal with, deal with it. It's such a frustrating game. I've lost my voice screaming at it. And I'm dizzy. My ears hurt because I've had headphones on all day playing the, the goddamn game. And I was like, oh, damn it. Fuck, I need to do a blathering. And I'm bleary-eyed. Video games, you know, I'm all for them. Uh, They're one of my favorite things to do to relax. But, uh, you know, those stories of people that die playing video games for 72 straight hours, you read that and you're like, how? I'm recording this. It's 5.49 p.m. in the Pacific here in California, IA. I started playing today at like 2 o'clock. I got back home from uh, the, the, the job I'm working, the new one. And, and I have to kind of finish Survivor for that job as well as, as just life. And that's only three and a half hours. And I feel as though I died. And, and I only stopped because the game froze. And then I went, oh, my hair. I mean, the blathering. So here we are, episode 62 Of the blathering, one of these days I'll just have the numbers up, bright lights. Uh, So here's what happened this weekend. I was gone for uh, essentially 24 hours. Uh, Grace and I packed up the dogs. That was maybe not a good idea. And we we headed down to uh, up. I live down Southern California. My parents live Northern California, well, Central Coast of California, which that's a lie too. It's weird. California's so... So huge that there's like, I grew up in the central coast. It's not central. You still have like three more hours to get to the central part of California. Names are weird. Anyways, who gives a crap? We went up to see my folks. uh, Mother's Day. uh, Putting in the time, you know, making mom happy. And it was, it was, it was a good time. Relaxing. Uh, Saturday night, we stayed at a hotel. It's just easier to stay at hotels now. And I, by the way, if you're like, um, an adult child, and fortunate to still have your parents around and, and the relationships functional or functional enough. Don't here's this is a, some of the deepest life advice I can give anybody. Don't if you're visiting your home. I'm sorry, you don't have to stay with your parents. Well, we've got the guest room all set up. If you're 23. Coming home, great. Winter break from college, of course. Stay in your old room. I I stayed in the guest room for a very long time. And then it just got to the point, and it's not even them. It's not even me. I just highly suggest you stay in a nearby hotel. It just adds just enough of, uh, of breathing room for all parties involved. So that every interaction is fresh and new and exciting and part of a trip as opposed to your, your, your old dynamics, your old power dynamics back in, back in play. I also recommend this. I also recommend this if you have family relatives visiting you. And same thing. I know some of you out there right now are like, but Ken, I have, an, I, I have a fourth bedroom. It's the guest bedroom. And we love when mom and dad, Grammy and Grampy, when they come back and we put them in a hotel, put them in a goddamn hotel. You all with family. What is your obsession with it? We're we're individuals. We're humans. We're not meant to be in families. That's harsh, I know. Some people don't have families. I should be thankful. But I'm not joking. Stay away from me. You want to come down and visit? There's a travel lodge around the corner. I have a life to live. You have a life to live, parents. I'm intruding on it at this point. 
I'm 47 years old. I'm not staying in the guest room and using dad's shower. I'm not doing it. I'm going down to the best Western, kicking up my feet and relaxing, which is what we did. Grace and I uh, had some, a wonderful dinner with them, ordered in. Can't take the dogs anywhere. And then went back to the hotel. Uh, Grace relaxed with, with a nice long bath. And I did something I've been wanting to do for a while. I, I laid in one of the two beds we had. More, more on that maybe in a second. And I pulled out a book that had nothing to do with Star Wars. Love it. Love Star Wars. Did not want to read a Star Wars book. Pulled out uh, the book uh, that is about uh, the year in music, 1971. And I sat there and I just read like five chapters. Phone not near me. Not checking email. I worried about streaming video games, what show I got to record. I just said I read the book. It's great. And in the morning, we woke up, went back to the, checked out, went back to the folks, had a nice lunch, hit the road. 24 hours. Got there about 3.30, left there about 3.30. And you can get a lot done. I, I, last year, Grace and I, uh, our friends, uh, uh, Wendy and Dustin, a lot of you might know Wendy Lee from the Collider Days and, and stuff she does out there now. Uh, we, we went up to uh, Lake Arrowhead with them. They have like a cabin situation up there uh, that they have access to a family family house. Families are all right, but the family wasn't there. And uh, we, uh, we stayed there for almost exactly 24 hours. And you think, well, that's kind of a waste. You're driving two and a half hours into the mountains. Nah, it's a good 24 hours. You just, you just kind of relax. You turn things off. And I think one hour of just turned off, of, of just life turned off, is worth like six, the way we all are. I recommend it. I recommend it. Here's what happens. So if you uh, follow me on Twitter... Still, if you don't follow me on Twitter, want to follow me? People are jumping off. But here's side side note: there's nothing to replace Twitter. I'm not happy with Elon Musk's Twitter. I've been happy with Twitter for a while. I I think has a lot more to you know goes well beyond Elon Musk, but he hasn't helped the atmosphere. Uh, I don't like that Tucker Carlson might have a show on there. I, I do not want that. Uh, soul, that evil, broken soul, uh, having that kind of platform. Uh, but I know Elon says he might offer Don Lemon a show. Well, equal balance. Who gives a crap? Uh, but here's the thing. I've been to all the other sites. Signed up for Hive that weekend. And I thought Hive was going to last a little bit longer. Peach is the one. I signed up for Peach when I was in New Orleans in January 2016 working with Screen Junkies. We were there for Wizard World. And I saw Peach kind of spring up and went, oh, I better sign up for Peach, claim my name, my famous name. Don't want someone squatting on that, selling me my name, because the screen junkie is going to make me, I'm going to be multi-million follow kind of person here. Uh, it, it did help my following, but yeah, it it capped, it capped, it topped out. Um, and I signed up for Peach. I signed up for Peach like on a Friday night, late in my hotel room. And it was uh, by Monday morning. By the time I got back home, it was it was done. I think I still have the account on there. I'm yawning while I'm talking. You know, I'm yawning while I'm talking. It's been that kind of day. Anyways, I signed up for Spoutable. I, I I I'm on Hive. I'm technically on Mastodon. Here's the thing, folks. We are not here for social. The social aspect of social media that that's gone. That that is the bubble that burst. I don't even know if it's a hot take. I don't think this is a wise, thoughtful, philosophical take either. I just, I just think that bubble burst. Now I go to social media to promote things. Maybe you don't have anything to promote because you're a normal human, or you know, or I go there to check on the world. I do feel when I'm not on social media, that's how we get our news or updates. I feel a little lost without it. But the social aspect. What did Bob say? Look at Bob and his tweets. Oh, what movie you seeing now, Chet? Well, let me go to your Facebook post and see it. We don't do that anymore. We don't need that anymore. That's exhausting. That's exhausting. Because even if your pal Chet posts, I'm seeing the new Guardians movie, there's going to be some asshole underneath him posting, ah, MCU, or, oh, I didn't like that. I completely mess, uh, misread the movie and formed an opinion based on that, but I'm treating my opinion as fact, and I'm going to put it in your comment section whether you ask for it or not, Chet. Like there's that shit, and we're just all tired of that. And I, I think social media has kept me in contact with people that would have lost contact 
otherwise, you know, and I think that's still a positive to me. Now, sometimes you can't shake them loose. Maybe that's a problem. Might be a problem for all you, but like that's, you know, I remember, I remember one time in late eighties, my friend's dad from the Navy, their Navy years showed up and, and, and uh, his name was Bob. I made it Bob reference and his name was Bob. I remember Bob and I like Bob. I really like Bob. And he, we went out to pizza and he gave me a Canadian quarter I tried putting it in an upright video game machine. Didn't work. But I told all my kids, I told all my kids, uh, my kids, my friends at school on Monday, like uh, the video game machine, like started making noises and stuff and went crazy because I put a Canadian coin. They believe me, suckers. Um, But like, this is like late 80s. Like I was not junior high. This is like fifth, sixth, sixth grade range. We're talking to 86, 87 range, maybe. And this is like my dad's friend from the Navy. And they had not spoken or seen each other. It was one of those things where, like, he showed up to the door and, like, you didn't know what you were going to get. And Bob had lost some hair. He was, I wasn't, like, overweight or, like, time ravaged him kind of vibe. He was just Bob. And my dad was my dad. And and they both did the, oh, you have no hair. Oh, my God, look at it. And, and, like, they're in their late 30s, right? Like, and I look, I, I, I think back on that, and I'm like, uh, it must have been, like, felt like centuries that you had not spoken. But my dad got out of the Navy in like 71. It's like a 15-year time period. I have friends that I consider new friends that I've known for 17 years in Los Angeles. Even some friends that I met 25 years ago in Los Angeles that could, it seems like yesterday. And, and, and part of the reason that happens is I'm still in regular contact with them. So I like that aspect of the social media, but I think we're exhausted of the rest of it. I don't need Spoutable, which I'm on. Follow me on Spoutable. I, I don't tweet there. You spout. I don't need I don't need my friends on. I don't need to talk to anyone. I don't need to see anyone. I just need to promote stuff. So if Spoutable is going to be where we all promote stuff, I'll have to camp on my name and, and use it. But it's not going to happen. Twitter's too big. Are they too big to fail? No, absolutely not. MySpace was big at one point. Facebook, eh, big. But here's the thing. Facebook, have you ever gone to Facebook recently? You might not use it because you're not a, you know, alt-writer. But it's still active. People are on there. It didn't go away. It's not like Friendster, which became, I really, this sounds like a bad joke. It became like a Korean-dominated music kind of thing like friendster what didn't suddenly say like we're a music station which myspace kind of did myspace was myspace after a while was like hey we help broke uh we help break musical artists and comics we're do we're myspace music now friendster remained friendster but it like kind of it was i think i think it was that it might be uh, korea might have been the philippines as well i just remember that you went on and, and it was like a thing it was like no this is what friendsters this is friendsters market and they, they that the friendster just kind of went and did what Friendster did from that point on. Facebook isn't that. Facebook isn't niche. It's still the thing. Instagram, believe it or not, still kind of new for There's what Instagram's been around since like 2010. Still running to people who are like, I haven't given it a try. So all that's not going away. It, it could be, again, it could be destroyed. Of course it could be destroyed. Of course Elon could bankrupt it. Be, and, and Twitter could be a, become, a, you know, Twit Machine or something like that. But Spoutable and Hive and Mastodon are not going to replace it. All that to say, that was a tangent to say, if you want, follow me on Twitter. But if you, <laughs> that was a weird one. Holy crap. I don't feel good today. I have a headache for this stupid video game. Man. And I think I had too much sugar. Maybe the sugar's to blame. If you follow me still on Twitter, Saturday night, my time. West Coast time, dinner time. I'm not going to suppress this yawn. I'm I'm yawning not because this episode's boring me or you and the audience are boring me. Uh, I'm yawning because I've been holding my breath in this entire three hour time period. I'm playing the video games, and my brain's like, "Oh, we're living, we're living again." I got. I think that's how you die. If you follow me on social media, uh, follow, excuse me, just actually just on Twitter. Uh, Saturday night, suddenly again, I don't tweet much. Occasionally, I'll tweet a joke, right? Usually, it's just promotion, retweets. Occasionally, I'll have a thought and I'll tweet it out there and get, you know, 13 likes or something like that. I tweeted my, my, my Twitter page, tweeted out 
progress for my fitness app, which I do have on my phone here. Bring it up here. It's a good, it's a good little. I think it's the in-house fitness app. I don't know. I don't know. I haven't. I haven't done anything today. But there you go. Um, if if you're watching a video, you see the little green version of me is like walking. Uh, there's a share button. There's a share button, and um, I still wow. So crazy. Anyways, I tweeted out an update from this app. Tweeted it out, which is great. So right, I didn't do that, and people thought it was hacked, or people had you know pithy little funny jokes about because it had like no steps on it. It was like I was updating you on here. I sat for an hour. I get it. Make your jokes. But this, here's how, this is the true story. I tweeted out a follow-up, and it was true. I don't, God, I hope this isn't a you-had-to-be-there story. So 16 minutes in, and I want to give you gold. So my mom has four dogs. She's a great, great dog owner, great animal lover, uh, has two cats as well. Two, like, kings, like, Max and Allie are the last uh, two cats of, uh, what are they, litter? A little pack? I don't know. Uh, mom was a stray that my, uh, the mom kitty was a stray and my mom took in, you know, that's what she does and just fed her from the back porch, right? I just got to be careful. I would say, don't feed the cats on the back porch who come around. Next thing you know, one day my mom's like, yeah, the, the cat didn't leave and it was pregnant. So, uh, the two cats, the kittens are now like 15, uh, and, and 14 and, uh, beautiful cats. I forget what they're called, but they, they look like they're lions from Narnia. And uh, they got the two kitties, and she's got four dogs, and they're all of the tinier variety. Some mixes, some mutts, cute dogs. Uh, she does have a new rescued chihuahua. She tried to foster a chihuahua, as predicted. 13-year-old chihuahua with major health problems, stranded, left for dead on the streets. Uh, foster people, uh, the, the rescue organization took it in, my mom foster, and within two days she was trying to adopt the dog, and she did. And I'm glad for that because this dog's got a great life right now. Mom's got four dogs. Willow, Bo, a.k.a. Bobo, Zoe, and now Bambi, the Chihuahua. You can't, you know, owners imprint a little bit on their dogs, sometimes a lot on their dogs. The old thing of, you know, the dogs look like you or they act like you. I've seen that. I've seen it. I get it. If you're neurotic, they're neurotic. If you have anxieties, they might have anxieties. Totally get it. Dogs are in tune. That's why I love them. But I also think it's not completely fair to pin in all the owners. No one could have predicted when my mom got the first three dogs out of this batch, and we've had dogs our whole life, that how just manic, crazy, and I can't even describe it as barking. It's shrieking. It's shrieking. And now you got the new dog, uh, Bambi. It doesn't bark. A lot of trauma. A lot of problems with her jaw, mouth, teeth, all those kind of things. All, all surgeries to fix it. Dog's doing good. Thank God this dog doesn't bark. But the other three dogs, it's they're not. It's it's a shrill, high pitched. So it, the neighbors have to hate my parents. And I'm not talking about the the one to the left. My mom and dad are kind of friendly with. I've talked the little neighborhood. This is a little stretch uh, 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 that they that they live. It's like split level, a street, row of houses, alley, kind of a street, and more houses, kind of on the side of a hill. Every one of those people have got to hate my parents. I'm telling you. You hear that dog, those dogs barking miles away, and they bark constantly. They shriek constantly. And I love them. They're sweet. But it's insane. It's chaotic. And again, there's some of my things I think maybe, again, my mom's a good dog owner. I'd say great dog owner. But there's, what do you do? What do you do? This is the bark. Willow started barking. The first time she started barking, it was like, the hell is this? We bring Baxter and Francis up there. Uh, Baxter's been up there before. They watched him at one point. Baxter's blind now. It's a different situation. Francis is a different situation altogether. So we had six chaotic, tiny, shrieking dogs 
again. Hotel. Baxter and Francis stayed with us in the hotel because the dog friendly. And even that, they were kind of barky, but I apologize to everyone in the hotel. But what are you going to do? So we had these six dogs. And we finally sit down, get some dinner ready, ordered in some Thai food. We're all, they have like a nook. Not a table. I don't have a dinner table. My parents have a nook. It's sizable, but it's a nook, which means you're only one way in and out. One way out. One way out. I know this is a you have to be their story, but support me on this journey. Because if you don't like this story, I'll go back to making silly voices and, and no one like that shit. So, you know, here's what you got. We sit down. Francis is up on my lap. Baxter's in like this little baby Bjorn thing that Grace got to, to kind of make it just convenient to... Be hands-free while she holds this blind 17-year-old chihuahua who's got a lot of life in him. One of my mom's dogs is, uh, he's very, again, sweet, but I don't know. He's king of the castle. He's the male dog in my mom's pack. King of the castle. King of the castle. So we're sitting there. Food's being put on the table. We're getting ready to eat. Dogs are barking. I don't even want to try, I can't even try to, Capture the sound. Excuse me. Bobo, little Bobo, jumps up on the bench because it's a nook. There's two benches and a table, right? Big giant window overlooking a beautiful view of the central coast. You can see the ocean, bird bath. Parents have an immaculate front yard. No grass. They took out the grass. It's a responsible front yard. All of a sudden, Bobo, little Bo, leaps over Grace, who's got Baxter. Baxter's blind. He's cantankerous because of that. He's a little scared and skittish because of that. He'll nip. But he's a sweetheart. He's still our little Baxter boy. But he's blind. He don't know nothing. But he's like a Jedi. He senses things. So little Bobo... A little like terrier kind of little, got the mutton chop kind of face. Cute, cute, cute little dog. But he was, he was feeling it. He was chuffed. So he kind of leaps over. Over Grace. To, there's a little doggy. Now, to be fair to Bobo, there was a doggy bed on the other side of Grace that was his. So he's like, hey, you all having dinner? I'm going to go to the doggy bed. Beg for food from that safe, warm, comfortable spot. So he leaps over. Baxter, like a Jedi, or more like a Sith, blind as a bat, senses it, reaches out, and bites Bo. Baxter has like 10 teeth left. We had like 20 teeth removed from him about a year and a half ago. But he's got the important ones. Takes a giant, giant bite and doesn't let go. Baxter was not like, I'm warning you. Baxter was like, got you, sucker. Grabs, thank God, mostly fur because Bo's got a lot of a lot of fur, a lot of flowing fur coming off of Bo. If he, if he was like a dachshund or short-haired chihuahua, would have been it would have been meat. It would have been a meat bite, but it was mostly hair. Thank God. Baxter does not let go. He's like, "Gotcha, fuckstick." Bites on Bo in his own house, feeling feeling chuffed, feeling like he owns the place. Is suddenly like. I don't own the place. Oh, crap. Pisses everywhere. A good old-fashioned dog whistle over the table. Thank God not on, on any of the food, really, but all over the table, all over Grace. He's yelping, which causes the other dogs of my mother uh, to shriek and yelp, which causes Francis to be like, I want in. Who am I fighting? Which causes my mom to scream, causes my dad to laugh, causes me to laugh, and causes Grace to uh, scream in horror. Because she's now being pissed on by this dog. But at the same time, through all this, Baxter's not letting go. Ain't letting go. Nope. Not doing it. So now... As this dog's peeing everywhere, like a water hose that you turn on and you forget that you left the, 
the little the little handle nozzle on on your spray and your water in the you know you're gonna water the the lawn and you turn on the hose and like oh crap the fire hose is loose this dog's peeing everywhere and Grace has to like grab the peeing dog pry open Baxter's mouth and and do this while the dog's shrieking while Franny's turn. in the middle of this so this set we settle everyone down everyone's like oh my god Grace is 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 covered in dog pee. Uh, the table's covered. That we're about to, to thank you, Lord Jesus. We're about to give you thanks for this bountiful meal. All in this table. Dogs peed all over it. Every dog is having a psychotic breakdown. As is my mother. And quite frankly, as is Grace. She's shocked. Because it was violent. <laughs> it's like when you... I always say in my old line of work, like I'd go, you know, about once a week, we might get into a fight with someone. And it was just part of my existence. If people see that for the first time, you see like a loss prevention agent trying to wrestle a suspect. It, it's violent. And I've seen people get their knees, their knees start knocking and the, the pit of their stomach drops out because it's violence. It was violence. It was dog on dog violence. And Grace was shocked, traumatized. In the middle of all that, we settle everything down, cleaning the, t- I look down, I'm getting all these notifications on my Twitter phone, my Twitter phone, my phone from Twitter. Hey, my Twitter phone. And that's what had happened. Somehow, in that chaotic moment where I, the phone's in my pocket, my phone opened up in my pocket again, slid itself open, typed in the code or just was open, went over, found the fitness app, pressed the share button, Pressed, as I'm looking now, the get started button, selected Twitter, and put the information on my profile. All of that happened in my pocket while dog violence was happening. I can't do that on my own right now when I want to. And I'm not doing a hacky stand-up joke. I can't, I'm right now like, okay, share activity. I'm reading it. Let's get started. What do I do? Where do I share it? I don't know. My phone did this and it's in my fucking pocket. In my fucking pocket. And so I tweeted that out. Some people text me. Mark Ellis shared the tweet. Not going to brag. He called it like tweet of the year or tweet of the day. Tweet of the hour. I can't remember. Can't remember. Um, but that's what happened. And I just, you know, I had some people like, hey, are you hacked? Thanks for the concern. I'm not giving away PlayStations. No, I wasn't hacked. We were pissed on. That's what happened. And that's the story. All right. Let's take a break. We'll be right back. All right. All right. I'm back. I'm back. Uh, hey, started working. I started working. Thanks for, uh, thanks for uh, you know, those who sent me kind words uh, after I talked about uh, taking the leap forward, cranking up the heat, and and, and committing to uh, working a, a part-time job. And it's it's going pretty good. It's, it's interesting. I'm kind of in a writing, not even producing, writing, consulting kind of uh, limbo. But it's good, man, and and, and the people are good, and, and it's been fun. I, today I left the office. I, I I will forever want to work at home, forever want to record out of my home studio, but I, I, I left. I got out in the sun today in my car. Uh, honey, I'm going to the office, and I was over there for a few hours uh, doing some read-throughs, some script punch-ups, and uh, uh, having some fun. So we'll see. I haven't uh, really unveiled where, I don't think. Um, not that it needs to be a secret. I just, um, you'll see if I pop up on it, you'll see if not, you know, you don't need to know. Uh, you just need to know I'm doing, I'm going to the office. I'm doing some work. Uh, and, and it feels good. It feels good. It's that reminder again, I've touched upon it in more deeper, poignant ways, but sometimes that little thing you fear or that little thing that's holding you back, it's silly and it's pointless. Once you push through, you find that you're okay. You find that you have the time you need, or this is the this is the thing you need, whether you thought or not. So I don't have any deep thoughts on there. And I could end this show right now, right here. I, I got nothing else to add. The world still on fire, right? I I, I do, there's the blathering. There's this part of the, the blathering of my soul 
that I really do want to come come onto this uh, this podcast and just rip into the world. Um, but I think I'm going to save that energy for when it's it's needed. You know what I mean? And we talked about that last time out. I talked about the uh, uh, the shooting and all that stuff. Like, yeah, it, we're still in the same boat. Some progress in some areas. Uh, every time I look at uh, the governor of Florida, I get angry and shake my head. But, I, you know, I, I, I'm definitely in a mood right now of um, maybe it's because it's the beginning of summer. I mean, it's, it's not even quite survival. I just think it's okay right now to not dig, put your head in the sand and not pay attention, but just do a little duck and cover right now. That's something that I think uh, our my generation grew up with and the generations before me a little bit there, the the younger of the baby boomer side, right? The We grew up with the um, get under the desk and get ready for the nuclear explosion, uh, and hopefully this desk will, will keep you safe. Uh, so duck and cover. That's where I'm at in life. I'm just kind of I'm under this table that normally just has my pencils and my erasers, a little note that I'm going to give that girl uh, I have a crush on. Um, you know, if I can work up the nerve, uh, it's all there. Uh, and, uh, some gum probably chewed and stuck in there. I didn't do that. That was a good, that was a good little boy. I didn't litter. I still don't like the litter. Uh, even accidentally I'll chase, I'll chase a, a receipt flapping through a parking lot, like a dick at a strip club show. And I'll chase that receipt receipt. I'll find it. Uh, you know, I don't want, I don't want anyone to worry about that. I'm the guy. I go to the grocery store. I look for a parking spot that's close to the cart return. But if, you know, even if I'm not, I'm, I'm going the extra mile, I, you know, to put the cart back in. Giggity. Um, now, you don't want to go too far with that, right? You don't want to go too far with that. There's, a, there's overhelping. I'll, I'll take the cart back. I'll slide it in there. Giggity. And sometimes if it's, there's like three or four carts, I'll put, I'll put all the carts in together, but you don't want to do too much. It might, you know, I don't know. Maybe if you're listening out there, maybe you had a cart collecting job and maybe you're like, no, I'm glad do all my work, Dick. Uh, you know, I, I want to go home faster. Um, maybe you wouldn't call me that if I was helping you out, but you know, I like doing that. I like I like putting, you know, three and because I think if you put too much, I might impinge on your methods, your techniques as an employee. That's at least what I would think, right? Like going back to the security industry, like don't get involved. We don't need your help. We're gonna do this our company way. Um we're gonna in fact I there's I got I got a really concrete, concrete example of why none of you out there should help security professionals unless it's life or death, unless it's bona fide, absolutely life and death, then maybe help. Same with police or fire. Back in the 99, uh, there was a large um, fight between some uh, rival um, members of uh, gang organizations is what we'll say. Uh, all facts. Um, and they got into a fight in the second level of the mall. And it was a bad fight. And it was a, kind of a crowded, maybe a Friday night type of situation. So a lot of people watching. A lot of looky-loos. And, you know, 415 Frank call goes out. Now, I'll point out, I was, I was like not there for this. Um, I think it was... I was working different shift, whatever that story is. I have the video. I still have the VHS tape. If y'all want to see it, I'll find a way to burn that. And how do you transfer VHS to digital these days? That's that's a step. I don't have those courts. Big fight. Big fight. Security guards, staff, people I worked with um, are running to the fight. And like I've said before, in a more serious way about police work or law enforcement work or public safety work, that's fun call for a 415 Frank and zone three upper goes out, you're running. Even if you're not supposed to, there's sometimes like, Hey, don't, unless we say everyone go, don't go. Cause we need to make sure other parts of the mall are okay. Or the other parts of the city. Uh, but trust me, police officers, they hear a, a pursuit. They need like six cars on that pursuit. There's 17 police cars trailing that. And, and like 11 aren't supposed to be there. Happens all the time. 
because it's fun. And, and we have to, you have to understand that and acknowledge it to maybe help make some of the situations and, and helps uh, better law enforcement. That's a theory I have. But anyways, security guards are running. They're running to this fight. It is a bad one. Um, mannequins, I, I remember a mannequin being tossed at someone. It was, it was bad. Looky loose. There's like a 10 or 11 year old kid. He's doing the looky loo thing. Duh. Mom's kind of in sh- in one of like she's in a Miller. I think Miller's Outpost was still in the mall at this time. And I'm not joking about that. I think it was a Miller's Outpost and she was in there. Someone was trying to help us. An employee of the mall. I think a jewelry store employee. Someone who was like, ooh, what's going on? I'll help you guys. I'll get involved. And they went running towards the fight. And in the process, knocked this kid the fuck out. Like, we're talking accidental elbow to the head of this kid who did not know, who was just looking at the fight. Mom's not around to keep him safe and pull him away. He's just, ooh, what's going on? Here's a commotion, literally rubbernecking, looking around. Kind of, oh, goes to, like, turn around and leave. Jewelry store employee, boom, accidentally elbow. And, And completely accidental. Elbows the kid, knocks the kid. The kid goes down like a bowling pin. Boom, right there. It's it's a great, it's grainy now. The VHS tape's probably degraded. But, uh, I mean, it's great video footage. Sorry, kid. He's now in his 30s, probably. Um, it it's it, He drops, gets up. Of course, you hear, you, there's no sound on these camera footage, but you hear everyone around go, ooh, Kid pops back up, and I'm talking as if Tyson had punched him, does this weeble wobble, hits the wall of a store and just slides down, like, with Tweety Birds around his face. I'm laughing. Poor poor kid. He's like 10 or 11. And the mom comes out at this time. I, somehow someone knew it or said, hey, who's so kid is kid is down. She comes out. She's got three bags of shopping. God bless her. Cast your dollar vote. She comes out with a Miller's Outpost bag, probably buying a, you know, acid wash, blue jean jacket and, and the jeans to match. And she's living, of course. Now, you could say, so, hey, where were you holding on to your kid? But the kid wasn't four. He was 10 or 11 or 12, maybe even, you know. He's probably bored as hell. Mom's, you know, buying, you know, jean jackets again. And, uh, you know, you know I love my jean jackets. And so she's living. And she's immediately, and then we're, by the way, we're, we, I'm not there that night, but we're still dealing with this massive fight, trying to take people into custody, waiting for the police to show up. Uh, they're rolling code three over from Devonshire, uh, and and she starts screaming at our guys again. I understand, I understand, but the problem was she thought it was us. She thought it was us. It wasn't us. It was this guy from a jewelry store, some dude who probably works the weekends trying to get you to buy K Jewelers or Kevin Jewelers or any of those kind of mall Benbridge Jewelers. Name it. He was he was working it. Probably does bumps of coke in his car on his break. Uh, just wanted part of the action. Didn't like his life selling jewelry on a Friday night in a mall. Here's there's a fight going on. Might have been friendly with some of the security guys. Sees it. Chases after him. Absolutely clotheslines this poor kid and sends him to Kingdom Come. So when it all got sorted out, and also at the time, you know, we are running to the fight. And we could have been us. We didn't know. But once we reviewed the tape, they figured out if uh, I think there might, I don't know if there's a lawsuit, but there was something going on, filed a claim, all that liability report, blah, 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 blah. But don't help. That's what I'm saying. And all that, I got all that from, I think if you're at a grocery store or in a parking lot, stack no more than two or three grocery carts together. That's what I think. And where was I going with all that? That's the first genuine lost thread. And I'm not unless it pops in my head, I'm not gonna try to find it because I still am trying to get time to do the Patreon only show Lost Threads. Um, 
which, but I, I feel as though since I've started doing this show publicly now a couple months, I think I've been better. I don't lose the threads as much. I lost the fucking thread there. Uh, this, that Paul, is that the Paul Thomas Anderson movie? The Lost Thread or The Last Thread? Thread and Needle. What was that one? With Daniel Day-Lewis. I like him. Last Mohican's one of my favorite movies. I, he's got to be a little nutty to work with. Only answers to his character name. Became like the third best musket fire in, in the world when he was shooting Last Mohicans. Admire him, but I'm, I'm glad I'm not a world-class actor having to work with him. So there you go. I, where, what was that thread? I was in the parking lot. I cleaned things up. I'm a good kid. Next thing you know, the security story. I really wish, you know, one of these days I'm just going to go full bore. Full bore. What I'll have to do is I'll have to dig up the greatest hits of the security. Which, by the way, I shouldn't have. The people that uh, I worked with, we shouldn't have the tapes. It's it's kind of, it's not impossible to do it now. But the digital systems make it a little easier to trace. But, but in the late 90s and early 2000s, our security systems were on VHS tapes. And every eight hours, we had what was called the tape change. Capital T, capital C. And the, it sometimes took up to two people. Uh, I used to have dedicated camera room people, and eventually they cut that position because why keep people safe? Um, well, management did. But uh, you would have to change over 85 VHS tapes. You would uh, eject the tape. They, the tapes were all labeled by days and cameras and hours. You'd eject that tape. You'd put it in these big racks. Remember racks? We'd put things in like DVDs and, and VHS tapes and CDs. Those guys, we'd put them in the racks and you'd take all the new ones out one at a time. This happened three times a day. It took a lot of it. Um, in that process, there was always, you know, compilation tapes made. Sneaky little bastards who worked there. And some of the greatest hits, fights, Sex in the parking lots, all that kind of stuff would find its way uh, onto a videotape and um, and they might have got passed out to the staff. Do I think this is right? No. No, I don't think it's right. Um, do I? If you uh, went to the mall at 2 in the morning to step out on your partner and have some hot sex in a Suburban next to the fading lights of a claim jumper? Do I feel as though it's right that a bunch of the security team copied some of that footage? By the way, you couldn't see much. Just a leg sitting out the side of the Suburban window um, and the uh, moonlit hump of the gentleman doing the pushing. Like, is that right that we had footage of that? No, no. But do we? Yeah, we did. Um, and that's where a lot of my early mem memories, when I, when I tell some security stories, sometimes the, the more vibrant ones are the ones that I had on tape and it wasn't all sex ones. It was crazy, crazy fights, encounters. Um, I, what we had one for and like, you wouldn't, it wasn't like you went to a b buffet and you went to some guy, uh, one of your coworkers and been like, Hey, I'd like a tape, man. Could you put like five fights on it? Three, uh, uh sex capades and a drug use. No, it's just like it suddenly a tape would emerge. Hey, Aaron put one together. Anyone want the latest, right? And you didn't know what was on there. You didn't know what was on there. And there was one, I wouldn't normally want this, but I have video footage of a guy shooting heroin into his eyeball in a mall parking lot. If I could find it, I'll sell it to you, all right? I'll blur the guy's face out. But I, I saw that. I saw it on tape. He got arrested because we were watching him. You do that. Do that in the comfort of your own home, my friend. I, I, uh, it's still, it's still in my brain. One of these days, I'm just gonna pull those tapes out. I'll find them. I don't have a working VHS player anymore. I did as of like two years ago, and then finally it, it gave up the ghost. Uh, but I think I'll just go through the tape. I don't know. If, I don't think you guys should see it, but I'll, I'll just tell more stories. I'll just tell more of the stories. And again, do I think morally it's right for us to have that? No, I don't. But uh, here's here's the one thing. This is the weirdest episode yet. You, hopefully this week you didn't come for some profound insights uh, of life. Um, I'm just going to tell this, this one of the stories. Here's what I, I feel. 
I'm not saying people in the security industry and mall securities or retail securities. I'm not saying they're all nice folks. I'm not saying they're all top, top of the shelf. I, I think you should raise the pay and the standards of that job because it, it, it requires it. it. Most major companies just view it as uh, it's an insurance check box, you know, like, hey, you know, if we get sued, we, hey, we had security. What do you want from us? That's really why security teams are there. They're not necessarily to keep you safe. And over the years, it's just gotten more hands off. And, and I agree. Uh, you know, I understand. I've had a change, change of heart of, of, of how to approach law enforcement. And, and I, I was pretty good at, you know, not being an asshole, but also sometimes was and part of things. But here's the one thing I'll say. Uh, big issues aside. People treat security guards like fucking shit, right? Like dog shit. They treat them horribly. And again, maybe sometimes they deserve it. But here's the thing. It's different than say like you don't like cops. Or maybe, you know, I think most people like firefighters, but maybe, I don't know. You don't go up to an EMT and call, you know, an, oh, hey, oinker. Like you don't do that. People obviously don't like police. I get it. Um, I would go to lunch with the police officers that worked in the substation when I was a day watch supervisor, we'd go up to the mall food court and grab a lunch, which they were entitled to do. The amount of people, every goddamn time someone would get in their face and, and tell them, why are you taking a lunch? You lazy assholes go fight crime. I'm not, I'm paying your salary. You don't deserve to eat on my time. It happened almost every time. So when I talk about police officers having hardened hearts to the public that they're supposed to protect and serve, that's kind of the, some of the stuff I'm talking about. But anytime we you take a stroll in the mall, people are just going to treat, they're going to treat security guards like shit. They're beneath you. They're jokes. You failed. The amount of times I had people get upset at me and, 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 and I'm trying to help them and something goes, something goes right. Maybe we're kind of arguing in my office or something like that. Like, lady, we can't find, we, we're going to try to find your car, but we don't know where it's parked. Oh, you, you failure. You failed. How do you feel? One lady said to me, how do you feel about the job you have? You failure at life. It's a quote to my face. And you know, we get your, get your hearts hardened. So I'm not saying two rights justify, two wrongs justify, make it a right. Or, you know, that you, you, your treatment of me deserves a bad treatment back to you from me. No, I'm not saying that's right. I'm not saying this is morally right. But the fact that uh, a lot of you are caught on tape doing embarrassing things and some security guards have footage of them, I'm saying it's it's not even, it's not right, but it, it happens. Maybe, maybe we'd be less inclined to hate you all <laughs> if you didn't yell at us, call us names uh, every time I'm walking in a mall. So glad I don't have that job anymore. Here's the final story I'll tell you. I saw someone get their first, like, hand job. Like, it was two young lovers in a car outside of Pacific Theaters. You could tell. Of age. And by the way, by the way, by the way, before you all think we're horribly crazy, disgusting a-holes, you could, you could think that. But there was an onus on us to see if, it, you know, what's going on in the cars in the parking lot because bad things do happen. Uh, I've had uh, rapes, sexual assaults, sexual harassment. Uh, physical assault, all those kind of things are going on. So we were trained. This is from when I started the job uh, to, to when I left it. If you saw some folks sitting in a car, keep eyes on them. Maybe, maybe pass by a couple of times. There's that fine line between, hey, you're not, you know, don't want to harass people, but also is everything okay? And this is where this is where the the public safety line is. is it's, it's hard. It's a thin line. I don't mean like a thin blue line, but it's a, you know. So, because sometimes bad things would happen, and and when when bad things happen, the folks affected by it will turn to us and be like, "Why didn't you stop it?" But meantime, if we knock on your car window and you and your you know girlfriend are just waiting for your dinner reservations to hit, and you got there a little early and you're sitting in the car talking, and we knock on the car window, "Hey, how are you? What are you doing here?" You're gonna be like, "Fuck off, mall cop." That that happened every fucking time. But sometimes bad things were happening. So we were trained to see what was going on in cars. And we did have camera rooms. And, hey, can you look? Bring up camera 85, Terrace 1, level 4, uh, two occupants in a car, Nissan. Uh, Cal OP is uh, 6, X-ray, Lincoln, Paul, 753. Can you, there it is. Cool. So, more often than not, hey, 
something is going on in the car. So our job might be to stop it, but where there was always a pause. Instead of going right up and stopping it, which is what I would recommend legally, morally, we all as a staff would be like, well, let's see what happens. Again, I'm exposing the truth here. I'm not proud of it all. And one night, one night, this young couple was in a car outside of Pacific Theaters. They thought they were, they saw a motion picture. This is probably early 2000s. I don't know, anywhere but here. Natalie Portman, I don't know. They saw that. Some smooching in the movie. They got in the mood. Young love. They're in this, like, sensible car. Not tinted at all. Middle of the parking lot, but it's like midnight. You could tell it was early. There was a lot of that, hey, could I, you know, consensual on both parts here. And uh, Zip comes on out. Hand goes over. Pinky goes up like it's a sophisticated uh, cup of tea. And it's a sweet moment. He he laid his head back, reclined the car seat. Hands went behind his head. Probably thinking, I'm king of the world. That movie's only like four years old. I'm king of the world. And she's like, God, I hope this isn't what I have to do the entire time we're together. And it... Seven people were watching this. This moment where it's like, sometimes when we touch, the honesty's too much. That was what was going on in that car. And there was uh, five security officers and two police officers who had just stopped by for uh, like a water break in the substation. And we were all in the camera room watching this. And that's on tape. Now, here's the thing. We're like, all right, let's 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 let it go for a little bit, and then we got to get up there. So we call, hey, dis- dispatch a unit up there. Who's North Mobile? All right, uh, unit thirty-five, get up there. Here's the car, Pacific Theaters North parking lot. Blah 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 blah. Knock on the window, ah! and that tape exists somewhere. That was the life. <laughs> that was the life I led for seventeen years. I'm so glad I'm out of it. I'm so glad I changed. I'm so glad that every once in a while, I don't want to come here to this podcast and do something poignant and purposeful. Sometimes I just want to reminisce on the stupid, dumb things I was a part on. And hopefully, hopefully, you all get amusement out of my failures in my past. That's it for this week. That's the blathering. Tell your friends about it. Support me on Patreon if you want to. Patreon.com slash Ken Knapsack merch. The Hope shirt is available at the upper tiers. I've got a lot of things going on work-wise starting this new job, doing some other work, uh, freelance work for fandom, which I've done before. Uh, So it's a busy stretch of time. So bear with me as I get back to some of the Patreon exclusive stuff. Um, we also got to, uh, you know, uh, pray and uh, send some positive thoughts out to our buddy, Robbie Smith to, uh, recover, get healthy, get back home, check out the Kickstarter, um, to help uh, get him through this tough time. And, uh, one day, one day soon, I trust, I believe, uh, Robbie and I will get back to, um, the episode, uh, another episode of, uh, our biggest win. Cause, uh, Robbie's going to be able to tell the story of a big win. Let's do it. Let's hope. All right. That's it. That's out. I'm Ken Napsock. You know where to find me. Tell your friends, my friends, that Ken Napsock is not gone. He did not die after Collider. He's here right now telling horrible stories on The Blathering.